You've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen and celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Hey, this is Cameron James from What the FAQ on ABC. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on. It's my pleasure, my pleasure and my privilege and my honour to be here. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it, you. Uh, for anyone listening, Cam and I have met previously at another in another life. Well, not in another life, really. Kind of uh, the same life, but just a few <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. And you have a successful podcast. You're a writer. You're an actor. You're now hosting a show. Well, you're co-hosting a new show called What the FAQ on ABC. I'm so obsessed with the idea of this show, but for anyone who doesn't know what it is, give us the elevator pitch. Yeah. So, by the way, before I do that, I just want to say I was curious to know how you were going to say the title because I don't know if anyone knows how to say the title of the show. So, you said what the FAQ. I think that's perfect. I've also heard WTFAQ and what the fact recently. Well, also, what the fact is great. What the fact is pretty good. But I think I said that on ABC radio the other day and I got in trouble for saying what the fact because it sounded too much like a swear. And I was like, it's an ABC show. Like they've called it that. They've anyway, called it that. They've called it that knowing that we would say that. <laughs> but it is frequently asked questions or what the frequently asked questions. So what the FAQ. But go, give us the elevator pitch. All right, so you pretty much just summed it up then. It's frequently asked questions that we as comedians are attempting to answer. So questions that could range from why is the sky blue to uh, how do record players work to um, what's the hottest chili in the world. And uh, myself and a team of other comedians slash reporters are investigating and doing everything we can to answer these frequently asked questions for you. You forgot the most important question. Which is? Which is covered in the first episode. Do you put tomato sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? Yeah, that's a huge one. That one caused a lot of controversy in the office. What do you do, by the way? I put it in the fridge. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I think that's correct. It, I think it is too. I'm now, I watched, I watched the first ep a week could go and now I'm mm. trying to figure out what the answer was but it was something about bacteria growing and it turned me off completely so I'm pretty sure you put it in the fridge because it's a perishable yeah I agree I'm 100% with you on that but I put I like everything in the fridge I like oh, uh, I'll put honey in the fridge I don't care I'm putting I'll put all condiments in the fridge I like a chilled condiment wait you put honey in the fridge doesn't it go hard yeah it does and I like that <laughs> I like to work for it, <laughs> work for it when I'm squeezing it out, you know. <laughs> um, maybe don't put your honey in the fridge, um, mm, but okay. it is also a perishable, so now I'm confused. Do you put chocolate in the fridge? Absolutely. Like the moment I buy chocolate, before I've even opened it, I put it in the fridge. I love it. I love cold, hard chocolate. My auntie puts chocolate in the freezer. She puts cherry ripes mm. in the freezer. I like the sound of that. I might try that. It is so good. Actually, do you know what else is really good? Putting marshmallows in the freezer. Dude, that's a game changer. That's a goddamn game changer. I could I could see myself doing that in the next 24 hours. It is amazing. You know the Pascal, Pascal ones, Pascal? Pascal? Of course. Of course. Pas yeah. The big the pink and white ones. So you put them in the freezer. Oh my gosh. I don't even know why, but it is so, so tasty. Teasers <laughs> in the freezer. Anything sweet in the freezer. I think you kind of can understand where I go when I think of food. Uh it's always sweet food. I love sweet food as well. Can I ask you a question? Did you yeah. ever go to Cold Rock Ice Creamery? Do you know I never ever went, but I watch videos on Instagram and TikTok of all the ones that are in the US. You know the ones mm. that they curl. Oh yeah, yeah uh, they yeah. do the little curls in the cups. But mm. I have I know what you're talking about. You'd love it. It's ice cream and all the things that you just described: marshmallows, chocolate, uh, Maltesers. Cherry ripes, whatever you want, they can crush that up into your ice cream for you in front of you. And it's a, it's a, I'm going to go there today. 
I'm going <laughs> to find the nearest one. I don't even know if they're still open. Bondi? No. Manly? It's got to be, be one over there. Got to be. Manly. I could be wrong, though. By the way, this is not an ad for Cold Rock Machinery, <laughs> but if you're, if you're keen. This is not a sponsored content. <laughs> this is not SponCon. <laughs> but really good, really good idea. I am mm. trying to not to lay off the sweets at the moment, but it's really, really hard. I'm, I'm ex- in the exact same boat as you, and I'm maybe two weeks off like having treats, and I'm not craving them at the moment. I oh, wait, like, are you doing a whole thing? I'm just in a fitness phase. I go through phases, you know, like every month or so I go, I need to change my diet up. I need to make sure I'm exercising every day. And But then I always crumble at a certain point. I'll be driving past a McDonald's and be like, you know what would be great right now? A McFlurry. And I McFlurries. I know, I know. And even even just talking about it now, I can feel the cravings rising. They're rising. We'd be so. such good spawn con people. Like we're literally. <laughs> <laughs> but we were so that generation though. We're like that gen of seeing something on TV, like commercials. That mm. was really, really the selling to kids was so huge when we were kids, don't you yep. think? Absolutely. And can I tell you, I work as a writer on the ABC show Gruen, which is all about critiquing and analysing advertising in from like a cynical view. But every single ad that I watch for that show, I end up buying the product of. It all works on me. You're a child of the consumer. I really am. Oh, you wrote for Gruen, which, by the way, is one of the top rating shows in the country. I know. I know. And that has nothing to do with me, <laughs> but I will claim it. It's the. I think it's so far the only show I've worked on that um, has been a huge success <laughs> and it has nothing to do with me. I came on in season 12 or something, 12 of 15, so I'm like definitely riding the coattails of Gruen, but um yeah, I love it. It is such a brilliant show and I'm such a huge Will Anderson, uh, Todd Sampson stan. Like yeah. I've loved Todd Sampson in particular for years mm-hmm. and years and years. So what a show to be a part of. Yeah, it's so cool. I noticed you didn't say Russell Howcroft. I know, so I always forget his name. A, not a fan of Russell. <laughs> He's rich. He's rich. He won't be offended. Oh, good. He probably won't hear this anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> Do not alert him to the fact. I love you, Russell. Russell, you're now, and now I will never forget your name. <laughs> I did want to tell you a little tidbit about um, me and sweets. My mm. grandfather was the technical director for Streets Ice Cream when we were growing up. You are kidding me. Yeah. That's huge. That's, That's huge. huge. We used to have like a garage in the garage. We used to have it at grandpa's house. We used to have a fridge full of new Streets Ice Cream, ones that haven't come out yet. Yeah, it was pretty goddamn cool. So I think that's where I got that from. And my other grandfather, Whoa. my abuelo, he was uh, the general manager of Sunny Boy and Sun. Remember Sunny Boy? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy so you've right? got you've got like ice cream in the fam, sweets in your blood. Um, <laughs> streets ice cream. I have a, a question. Tell me if you remember this. There used to be a um, a streets ice cream. I'm looking it up right now. I wonder what you were doing. It was, um, so it was like a paddle pop stick and it had three separate like gelato fruits on them. There was a strawberry, a lemon and an orange. It was called Bumi. Could you separate them? Was it the three sticks? Yeah. Oh, it was, no, 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 not three sticks, one stick. It was almost like a, like a shish kebab style thing. And (laughs) there were, there was like an orange shape, a lemon shape and a strawberry shape. Streets it was definitely streets. Nineteen nineties, two thousands, shock ice cream. I don't remember I've been, that at all. I've been trying to. I, I want to get in touch with the streets people and tell them to re-release it. It was awesome. How funny that those kind of things like really make you a nostalgic and b oh, yeah. like it just gives you such a beautiful excuse the pun but taste in your mouth. Oh yeah, from childhood. Yeah. It's so That's- beautiful. It's sort of uh, beyond that. It like takes you back to the feelings you had when you were like, like eight years old or ten years old, and you you had uh, like a dollar fifty in your pocket, and you walked to the shops to get a paddle pop or something. You know, like it's the freedom of wow, I've got some pocket money, and I'm going to spend it on this like 
this like burst of adrenaline and serotonin and sugar. I love the whole a dollar fifty. You could not get any ice cream for a dollar fifty anymore. <laughs> no, but we sound so old. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, we digress. That was. A re- yeah. I loved that. I love talking about ice cream. Ice cream's the best, man. Maybe I should be an ice cream salesman in my later life. Yeah, you could do that. You'd be so good at that. Anyway, back to your project, which is mm. so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Firstly, like what kind of questions are you answering? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, they're pretty broad. Some of them are science-based questions. Like uh, one of them that I tackled was what is a mirage, which is something I'd always wanted to know. Because, you know, you see mirages in cartoons and it's like a, like a, yeah, like a desert island with palm trees and all that stuff. And, uh, and so I wanted to like scientifically know exactly what a mirage is. Is it a hallucination or is it a real optical illusion? Um, what is that? Can you give me? Yeah, it's so boring, Anita. It's like, uh, no. it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much just hot air. Um, that's all it is. <laughs> it's just hot air that makes the sky look wavy and it kind of makes, it kind of makes a reflection on the ground. So. I guess that's why people, it's always in cartoons, it's always thirsty people in the desert and it looks like they've seen a big lagoon of fresh water, but actually it's just the sky being reflected on the ground because of hot air meeting cold air, essentially. I mean, that's not boring. That's pretty cool. I, I explained it totally wrong, I think, but that's, <laughs> I, do, I do it. I got you the made answer it correct so on the interesting. <laughs> I was fully freeballing it then. I had no idea what I was saying, but that's kind of the vibe. And that I do tackle that one in one of the episodes. Um, but then I also like, so some of them are scientific. Some of them were just like pop culture questions I gravitated towards. Like um, one that I was really fascinated by was why in movies do people hold the gun sideways? You know how you see like that yeah. kind of style? And so I spent, I reckon, a month researching why they do that, where that started, where it came from, whether it's, whether it affects the trajectory of the bullet at all. I went down to a shooting range and shot guns a bunch of times, um, to try it out. It was all very fun, all very exciting. I have a question about movies. Mm. Have you covered or should you cover in season two? why they never say goodbye at the end of a phone call on the, in the movies. That's so good. I'll definitely add that to the season two list. That, Please do. It drives me crazy. Why don't they say goodbye? Why? They're so rude. They're so rude. <laughs> you see it in sitcoms too. Someone will be on the phone and they'll be like, okay, all right, 8 o'clock, and then just and hang And then just up. hang up. It's yeah. so weird. Like, do they not think it's going to be, they're gonna, it's going to affect the flow? Like, it's not even affecting the flow. It's just like, say goodbye. No one ever just hangs up the phone. I know, but in Australia, I feel like we say goodbye for half the conversation. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. We're just like, bye. all right, I better go. Um, yeah, so I've got to yep. go. Yep, all right, I'll <laughs> see you later on. Okay, bye, see you later, bye. <laughs> So true. Actually, in the UK, they go, bye, bye-bye, bye, 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 bye. All my UK friends do it. It's really <laughs> weird. But we're like, see ya. Yeah, good. Yeah, it was good talking to you. Yeah. 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 Actually, um, my family was born in the Philippines and we do this thing called the Filipino farewell. Mm-hmm. When you're actually in a family situation and the Filipino farewell lasts for like an hour. So you you get up from the table and you all hug and kiss, then you start a new conversation, then you move closer to the door and then you start a whole new conversation and you oh, go out wow. the door and you yeah. get to the car and then you start a whole new conversation. You stand there for maybe 20 minutes and then you leave. That. I mean, that's a beautiful culture that you have, but that gives me anxiety hearing about that. <laughs> You're like, I just want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like just edging closer and closer to the exit. It, like that's my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. It's just the weirdest thing. I don't know why we do it, but it is It is literally in our family called the Filipino farewell because everyone just always loves to talk in our family, you know. It's like you just love catching up and, and it's gorgeous. That's the opposite of my family, which is, the Irish goodbye, which is where you just leave without saying anything to anyone. And that's, that's my preferred mode of exit. I just leave. I just ghost and smoke bomb. I never say goodbye because then no one knows when you left. 
and everyone has different theories about how long you stayed at the event. It's another one. There's an Irish goodbye. Is there a French goodbye? French exit? Oh, French exit sounds like a sex move. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that is, but it sounds... It sounds nasty. I wonder what the Urban Dictionary French exit is compared <laughs> yeah. to what the actual French exit is. That is so <laughs> funny. Have there been any, like, outrageous questions that you guys have covered that you've just gone, oh, my God, what? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, so we put a call out on Instagram pretty early on, you know, for people to submit questions they wanted answers to. And because it's an ABC audience, I think, a lot of them were about, um, do you think we should abolish the monarchy? Oh. Uh, do you think we should get rid of the two-party system in Australia? Just all these, like, boring political questions. Like, we're like, oh, God. So many of them were about should King Charles be, King Charles be stripped of the crown and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, this isn't really in the spirit of the show, you know. We're mainly just sort of tackling, like, fun little questions <laughs> that you might discuss around a <laughs> dinner table. But nothing, nothing comes to mind as being like extremely outrageous. There was a lot of things I wasn't allowed to do. Um, oh my God, tell me what they were. For safety reasons. Like so, one oh. of them I, I really loved, I really wanted to do it was, um, how do you get over a fear of heights? And I have a fear of heights. And so I wanted to do immersion therapy where I start by jumping off a step ladder and then I work my way up to being thrown out of a plane essentially and um i really thought that would be good television because i genuinely do have a fear of heights and i would be confronting my fear step by step but uh the lawyers said that it was not safe for me to do that yeah but it wasn't like you were jumping out of a plane without a parachute and not someone with you that's true that is true but I think they were just like, yeah, I don't know, dude. We're a pretty small budget show on the national broadcaster. I don't think we can afford to have anything go wrong. That makes so much sense. One thing that I picked up during this conversation, which I wasn't very aware of, was that all of you, all of the comedians who are on the show, all of the, you're all producing mm. and getting the, you're all producing. Yeah, it's, um, we do it all. Like, uh, obviously there's a team on the show. There are producers and shooters and some researchers and a couple of writers as well. But the reason that we're all brought on is because we're all self-producing type comedians, producers, writers, performers. Um, my background is in production. I started as a, in, I started in post-production, uh, and then I became a producer and writer and then you know at the same time i was doing stand-up comedy um so i've kind of got all those things cooking i'm a jack of all trades master of none type you'd say that you'd Mm. say that no not all because look what you're achieving well yeah but this is the first thing i've been like cast in i've i've ended up in tv things in the past just by the nature of being a writer and a comedian and being around. But this is the first time I've ever been, like, asked to be in something. I literally thought you were going to say you just ended up in things by accident. Kind of. Like, I was a writer-producer on this uh, SBS show called The Feed for, like, two years. I know The Feed. Yeah, I was, I was with Mark that, Fennell. With Mark Fennell and Marty Smiley and Jan Fran back in the day. And um, I was like a writer-producer on that. But just because I was around the office and I was a performer, a stand-up, I ended up being in like 200 sketches or something in the course of my two years there. And I was not hired to do that. <laughs> I just ended up doing it. But that's so cool. That's what I love about the ABC. It's like everyone gets a go. I know that sounds It's kind of true, though. <laughs> if you're around long enough. I just realise what that sounds like. Well, there's a few shows that have gone to air that you're like, how did this ever get up? And then you go, oh, that guy has been working for the ABC <laughs> for 50 years and they just gave him a show, I guess. <laughs> Trying to think what you're thinking of right now. There's so many shows on the ABC that I froth over. Like Gold Diggers is one of my favourite Aussie comedies of this year. Gold Diggers is so good. You know Alex Lee, who's in what the FAQ wrote on Gold Diggers? No way. Yeah, yeah. 
It's just so clever and so funny. And Claire and Danielle are just so epic in it. And But yeah. everyone, the supporting cast, I mean, it's just that show. And the writers, it's just so clever. Like I love those comedies that you're in, you set in the gold rush, but yeah. it's, it's all modern. Like it just really gives it that extra. I always wait for the new episodes. I, I would love to binge the whole series, to be honest. Yeah, that show's really good. There's a there's a good little like renaissance of comedy happening at the moment in Australia. It's pretty exciting. What does that mean for you? Uh, well, hopefully it means more stuff for me to make <laughs> or be in. I mean, like I'm uh, I'm having a good time doing stand up at the moment, and uh, hope and you know I have me and you know Becky Lucas. I know you're you know Becky as yeah. well. Becky Becky and I have always got a few little projects on the go that we're sort of working on or trying to get funding for. So, I mean, hopefully one of those things gets up. What an exciting time to be a creator. Mm, I think so too. I think, uh, yeah, it's just like a, maybe it's the fact that there's a new generation breaking through, um, mm. which is part of what I love about this show that I'm on at the moment is that, you know, Chaz Lichiadello from The Chaser, who is one of my heroes, um, brought a team together of kind of emerging comedians to be in this show with him. And that's so cool of him to do that, the kind of helping usher, usher us in to the, like, to the industry. It's pretty cool. That's something that I've spoken to a few comedians about on this podcast. Um, Dilruk was one of them. And Dilruk actually said something really interesting and it was the fact that, you know, you all mentor each other. Like it's really mm. important. Like as much as they, these up-and-comers could be taking your slots, it's actually really important to mentor. You never know who you're going to work with. <clears throat> 100%. And like the way I think of it is I'll always like pay it forward and help younger comedians out because if they get really famous – and they get their own show, they might need to cast a straight white guy um, to be like the dad or the older brother or something, and that's where I come in, the guy that was nice to them at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're not actually really being nice. You're actually no, just doing no, it no. for your own selfish benefit. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> the only way, you got to cl climb on, on top of everyone else to get to the top, don't you, sometimes? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's so interesting because your stand-up's really funny and one thing that I am curious about is Instagram and TikTok, et cetera. Mm. Has that given you an entire new platform and a new audience, thus they then go to your shows? You know, uh, most of my audience has come through podcasting. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, I think uh, I've had a couple of like kind of, uh, you know, like podcasts that have had some growth and had a bit of an audience um, over the last few years, one with Becky, obviously, and mm. then uh, the work I do with Alexi Toliopoulos as well. So a lot of my audience has come through that. A little bit through Instagram, I would say, only in the last year or two. TikTok, I literally only just joined and I'm not 100% sure on how I feel about it yet. You know, I decided I'd give myself two months, three months to experiment with whether I enjoy the format. But 15 seconds, you know, is not really, uh, not really where I shine. I think, <laughs> if you know what I you mean, to, like you need to stick out his comedy, guys. You need to sit there and let him go for a bit. In a way, yeah, because I come from like the storytelling era of stand-ups, and I like to dig into something, and I like to really spend my time talking something out or on a podcast, you've got half an hour to an hour, you know, 15 seconds. I'm like, shit, what can I even do in that time? Like I can't even, I can maybe get one or two little jokes out, but it's, I don't know. I'll see. Give me another two months and I'll let you know how I feel about TikTok. Well, lucky for you, TikTok now does longer videos. I know, but it's still like, you know, if you want to catch the algorithm, you've got to really have your main punchlines in the first five seconds, that kind of thing. There's all yeah, these like right. little sneaky little things. I put a lot of videos up from the podcast and I am just, I have no idea what the algorithm is. Like I sometimes get massive hits and other times ones that I think are going to do really well. Mm bomb. Like, I don't know if it's in, do, am I not putting any wording on top of the, the, 
the video? Like, am I not capturing them in the first five seconds? Like, it's so hard. I find TikTok really difficult. I know. I do too. I think like uh, the, the people that seem to be having a good time on it are the people that aren't overthinking it too much. But um, Are you saying the young people? Yeah. <laughs> but I think like we want, we're content creators and uh, artists. content creator. Yes. And we do care and think about what we put out there. So it's like, you know, shit. I don't know. I don't even know if it's the right platform for me. I'll give it another two months. I'll see how I feel. I love how you're like two months, not one month, not three months, just two months. Yep. I've locked that in. I don't know why I got that idea in my head and I was like, I'll delete it in two months if it's not bearing any fruits. So by the end of October, that's it. Yeah. Halloween, the spooky season. You know what though? What happens if you like decide to get rid of it and then all of a sudden like one video takes off and you've closed it and you had no idea? <sighs> okay. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> That changes everything. That changes everything. Well, then I guess I'll just, I'll leave it, but I just will barely use it. You'll I'll barely use, it, use every, it. I'll use it every now and then. I waste so much time on TikTok, but I love it. Well, that's another factor too, is like, I don't generally sit around and look at my phone that often anymore. I kind of, after COVID, I made a real effort to stop doing that. And um, I think if I was just like sitting and chilling and scrolling my phone on TikTok, I'd be having a lot more fun. <laughs> but usually I'm just like, no, go on, post and then leave and then put my phone down and don't look at it again for whatever. For like That's awesome. I'm trying to read more at the moment. Sorry oh, for sounding pretentious, but I am trying to read more. You're going on this health kick. You're not <laughs> looking at TikTok. You're reading. <laughs> Who are you? I'm not reading anything of substance. I'm reading like, you know, biographies of musicians and actors and stuff like that. But it's I think still... they'd be very hurt to hear that that's not on substance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like Charles Dickens or anything like that, you know. Who not reads reading... Charles Dickens anymore if you're not in high school? Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I do. I, I think that you should. I challenge you to mm. read Charles Dickens and see what happens. It's very hard. I don't know if I can do that. It's like, it's, you know, it's like, I feel the same way with all those like classic movies from the forties and stuff, like a black and white film. It feels like homework having to watch something like that. And generally they're good. Like once you submit and get into it, you're like, this is actually really great. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall uh, are the amazing. The Long Night. The, yeah. the, what's it called? The Long Night? No, it is The Long Night, isn't the it? The Long Good Night. The Long, long Good Night. Good yeah, 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 yeah. That's such a great movie. They're all they're all good, but they feel like a slog to start, you know, because it's like, damn it, they all speak weird, and they look weird, and it's black and white. It's weird how voices have changed over time, though. I know. My voice like, just meant real squeaky. Then I just got real excited, but it's true. Like, don't you think? Like, how weird that they've changed. Like, if you think back to the, uh, like, even on the ABC back in the fifties, mm. I can't do it. Are we talking like this? And, blah, 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 blah. and now, now you talk like this. You know. It's so well, were you? Uh, did you do any like broadcast um, training to like? Did they teach you how to talk? I did a few. I've done one presenting course, which I never finished, story of my life, um, but I haven't done anything else. I just always have been a drama kid, always been loved presenting, always put my hand up to reading class, all that kind of stuff. I was that. Uh, yeah, that kid. <laughs> because I think, like, I've never done any of those either, but I, I think that they taught them to speak like that. No one naturally spoke like that. They were kind of like, you need to sound like you're from England, basically. It's this that's kind of, of course what it was. It was the yeah. This like neutral pan Atlantic accent that wasn't natural to people. But now I guess maybe they don't they don't do that. So like, you know, dumbasses like us can just talk in our normal voice and not get in people, trouble. And have this people have to suffer through it. Although with newsreaders, <clears> they definitely do give you that training. I've been able to do it naturally. I remember doing it at uni. I went to UTS mm. so mm -hmm. and did a, a thing with two SER and like naturally had that ability to go because I'm very good at mimicking. Okay. Yeah. Kristen Bell mimics uh I'm like Kristen Bell basically. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but she she mimics like she'll watch a show and mimic and it drives Dax Shepard crazy because she will literally sit there. But that's always what I've done. I've always mimicked people. I'm in the I'm wrong just, job. I should be bloody acting, honestly. Yeah, you should. You could though. It's pretty it's just hang around the ABC long enough, I'll give you a show. <laughs> I literally could be there for three years and they'd be like, Anita, hey, do you want your own show? I'd be like, I yeah. love that. Be I'd really love that. I'm mimicking. But then for you, like, mm. so were you a drama kid at school? Yeah. Totally. I did I did drama and and music. Um both those things. But I did them, I did drama at first because I had ADD and I couldn't focus. And my parents forced me to do drama in primary school to like get my energy out. You know, like if you can do drama once a week, you can get all your crazy energy out there and then you can focus on your schoolwork. And, uh, and then look at me now. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously drama school, shout out drama school. Uh, I'm, it was this guy that came to our school and did it at lunchtime. His name was Shane. Great guy. Shane. I can't remember your last name. But if you're, you're amazing, you're a legend, and thank you for leading me to where I am today in this highly uh, volatile industry. <laughs> didn't tell him that, did you, Shane? Yeah, he didn't tell me it would wreak havoc on my self-esteem. But thanks, Shane. Yeah, but it gives you great content, like self-deprecating. You're so self-deprecating. That's that's you know that's, that's like the comedian style. Like we totally, we, we have to constantly bring ourselves back down to earth. It's the the jester thing like you've got to like debase yourself in front of the king so that you're allowed to then make fun of the king as well you know um i think that's oh my, my that's my theory that's my theory on why is that real i think so i don't i guess so like if you put yourself down you can also put other people down a little bit as well and they don't <laughs> judge you as much <laughs> totally because you're being nasty to yourself well you know yeah so you're being funny you're i being, think that's it yeah you're being funny oh that's i've never thought of that before that's so cool that's my theory it could be bullshit but that's my theory i mean i but, put myself um, down all the time because i have no self-worth but <laughs> well yeah i was gonna say if you if you didn't put yourself down i would probably because <laughs> <laughs> kidding you're wonderful you're a talent i am a talent thank you you're a talent somebody see me somebody see me but i was a, yeah, ABC, I, was a hi. Drama kid. <laughs> I was a drama kid like you i guess like we, a, a bunch of us were i guess in um in this biz that we call show did you grow up in sydney no newcastle oh you're a newcastle boy yep newcastle what was it like boy. being a drama kid in newcastle back in the 90s well, I was also like music was probably more my thing than drama. I, right. I did I did drama all the way through school, but I was probably publicly more of a band guy. Like I played in bands and played guitar and all that kind of stuff. So not I was in the orchestra, in the band, in like rock bands. Yeah, rock bands. So you did like the musicals and stuff. You did I like. Didn't- did, didn't you do didn't, musicals. But didn't you do the music music for the musicals? Oh, that's true. I did do stuff yeah, like thank that. You. Like if if um like for example, the choir would sing and I would play guitar with and there'd be like a drummer and piano people and all that stuff. So yeah, I was like around the theatery scene and I definitely did drama, did some of the plays and stuff, but I was always uh yeah, I was doing music as well at the same time. I was pretty much just doing anything to avoid schoolwork you know what uh, i mean all the yeah. extracurricular shit i did all that stuff if you also had add then of course you weren't a good learner yeah and you know what i was like i could i could definitely knuckle down and focus and i ended up doing really well in year 12 and my hsc and all that stuff because i just focused for that year but um but i just got bored so easily. I was such a daydreamer. I would just like stare at the window and like think about other things or just draw in my book or write song lyrics or whatever. I was just constantly in another world. School is almost wasted on the youth. I know that that sounds ridiculous because also how are you supposed to learn when you're young? But I Mm. feel like if you're not a good learner when you're a kid, Mm. it really sets you up for failure at points in your life. 
Yeah, totally. And you can, you can definitely like teach yourself to be a good learner. Um, but yeah, for me, like for now, for example, and with this show is like a good example of it. If I'm genuinely fascinated by something, I'll go down a deep dive rabbit hole on it. And maybe that's also ADD. That is, that is usually ADD. (laughs) Hyper-focusing on one thing. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of research into ADD lately. Um, my flatmate, he won't care if I say this, but we, honest to God, we talk about this all the time. Like he'll do something and he'll be like, do you think that was my ADHD? My ADHD? <laughs> but truly, because it's it's such a common thing now. Mm. And I think so many kids went, went undiagnosed. Yeah. But also, are we putting labels on people? Who knows? Yeah, I know. But if there's genuinely something wrong with you, then sometimes it's a relief to find out that you there's something wrong. Uh, yeah, I know. you know what? I've never, like, properly been diagnosed. When I was a kid, I went to, I got all the testing done, and they said, yeah, he probably does, but then they never medicated me or anything. I just, like, had a lot of extracurricular activities to take my energy out, and uh, and I sort of forgot about that until recently when my parents were like, yeah, you were really like hyper as a kid and you couldn't <laughs> focus on anything. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think I have ADD. And then my wife was like, I'm pretty sure you do because sometimes I'll come home and you'll be like, hey, I spent the whole day reading about Danny DeVito. Um, and here's ev- every fact I know about Danny DeVito now. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I guess I, do, I guess I do have something. But that's why this show is so perfect for you then. It literally marries everything that you're good at. Comedy, those, oh, researching, yeah. hyper-focusing. <laughs> and I do some music stuff in it later on as well, later in the season. Um, myself and Lou Wall um, sing a few songs. So there is, yeah, you're right. Maybe it is marrying all those different talents slash defects that I have. Isn't it the ultimate dream to find something that you can literally go because you say you're a jack of all trades, but isn't it that's the ultimate dream to find something that you can literally put everything into that you know and that you're good at? And uh, it takes a long time to figure that out too. Like I've I've only just gotten to a point, <clears throat> maybe 13, I've been doing stand-up for 13 years and I've only just gotten to a point where I've realised I can also include music and video and like storytelling and jokes all within that format as Mm. well and it's just it's only now just occurring to me oh this can be everything i can put all the things i like into stand-up when you say singing are you actually like a singer or are you i was gonna say a joke singer when you you know how when Mm. they talk and they sing at the same time like where, where are you at with your singing I just need I just need to know. When I was a teenager, I took it so seriously. It's not like I trained or anything, but I was playing in bands. I really wanted to be like a famous rock star, like a famous rock singer, you know, and I was so serious. There was nothing funny about what I was doing. It was fucking I focused. I was a singer. I was a rock star. Now hyper-focused, yep. Hyper-focused. <laughs> Nowadays, I can sing pretty well. But I definitely would say I'm I'm a a comedy singer, but I like yeah, you know, I get it. But I can sing in I can sing pretty well. Like in the same way that if you watch Adam Sandler, he's a pretty good singer, but he's also like a funny singer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he, he's a pretty good singer. Jack Black the same. Jack Black's a great singer. Flight of the Concords have beautiful oh, they're voices. They're amazing. Yeah. Oh, who else? There are so many. I mean, the thing is, when you're an entertainer, you're an entertainer, aren't you? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You pull out every trick. Uh, I think it's Steve Martin said, like, you end up using every trick you have in the book. Speaking of, have you been watching Only Murders in the Building? Of course. I love it. it I love it. It is that show. It, I reckon this, this is their best season, in, in my humble opinion. Meryl Streep can't. I know. Amazing. But even just all of them have those performance aspects to their to this. For anyone who hasn't seen it, Only Murders in the Building, Steve Martin. Um, oh, my God, I've just had the biggest mental blank. Martin Short. Martin Short. I was going to call him Marty Fox. Yeah. Martin Short. 
Oh, God, and I call myself a fan. I'm a huge fan. Hello, Frank from <laughs> yeah, Pride. Exactly. But the thing is, they the big thing that they're incorporating is in this season is that musical aspect. And I think it's so, so clever. And in fact, I don't know if you watched yesterday's episode, the one that's just been released. Not yet. Um, Not recording. Yet. Steve Martin, the whole thing is that he does a part in the musical where he speaks because he can't sing. Mm. And there's a word for it in a musical where the person who can't sing speaks their song. Yeah, yeah. I've heard the word. I couldn't tell. I can't remember what it is. But, um, God, I love that show. I was just Me saying too. the other day, I feel so lucky to live in a time where Steve Martin and Martin Short have a sitcom. Right. I can't believe it. I feel right. so lucky. <laughs> because Steve Martin, I mean, when we were growing up, Parenthood. Oh, yeah, parenthood. the best. Oh my god! I was about to sing the diarrhea song. Thought that might it's, be appropriate. Diarrhea. <laughs> it's it, that's one of my that all-time favorite movies. Yeah, I know he's brilliant. The kid that hits his head against the wall with a bucket, like that. Yeah, <laughs> that movie, and also Father of the Bride. And, and in fact, I was a wedding planner before I was a journalist, mm. and Father of the Bride was the reason I did it. Well, I was a wedding singer. Get in out. My, in my early 20s, I played in a wedding band and Father of the Bride and the Wedding Singer are two of the reasons why I uh, did that job as well. Also yeah. for money. <laughs> also for money. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Wait, what was the wedding band called? Uh, we were called Le Wedding Band. <laughs> that it was is me. so clever. And it was like a rotating crew of people, but myself and this guy, Mark Wells, were two of the mainstays in it. And then other people would come in and out. But we most weekends in my 20s, like 20 to 24, probably, I was playing at a wedding. And did you ever do Doc Side? Wedding. Mm, yeah, I did actually once, I think. Yeah. So I used to work at Doc Side. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Am I thinking of the right place? Doc Side. It was Star Room at the time because this was around 2012, right? Mm, Earlier. It would have been just before that. Yeah. Maybe 10 or 11. Yeah, probably. Um, I think we only did a couple of like Sydney think Sydney weddings. But we were mainly around like the Hunter, Newcastle, the Hunter region. Yeah. How weird if we actually saw each other back then. That would, that's crazy. Cause the name, in, in all honesty, it is a very clever name. It's very basic. <laughs> it's very so basic. clever. Yeah. But you think about what people are searching for. They're searching for wedding band. Yeah, exactly. So it's genius. I think um, that was our thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. But it's those, we had a ton of the bands coming in. Like, mm. and I'm, I'm a bit, I love a band at a wedding because I wedding MC now, so I do nice. that. So I do love the wedding bands, but I kind of just love a DJ because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a DJ at my wedding, and I played in wedding bands for so long, and I was just like, I can't honestly can't be bothered having to deal with the band. <laughs> I know how much of a pain in the ass it is, <laughs> but just a DJ is great. You know, we had a great DJ at our wedding, and he was he, he played all the hits. That's all you want. Speaking of your wedding, I wanted to tell you what the most Googled things are that come up when you put your name in Google. Okay. The first one, the top one that comes mm. up, and it's almost like the only one until you click again. Yeah. Is Cameron James' wife. <laughs> <laughs> weird. That's weird. Yeah. How good was that um, segue, by the way? Now, that was a really good segue. Thank that you. Was, that was using your presenter skills and your wedding MC skills, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, that is weird. Well, yes, I have a wife. I have a wife. Her name is Alex, Alexandra, and uh, she rules. She's real. I don't know if any pictures come up when you Google her, but she is out there. I didn't actually click. Maybe I should click. <laughs> I, don't I, think click she, I don't think she would have like... I don't think you'd be able to find her just by Googling Cameron James' wife. <laughs> well, actually, you Google because you don't have any photos of her on Instagram. Only only no. Instagram stories. Obviously, I follow you, but yeah. I know that there's Junior the dog, which uh -huh. is, we've just discovered is a groodle and she's beautiful. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know that, but I, I don't think I've barely seen anything of Alex. Is that like a choice to kind of keep you because you're such a huge, you know, 
you're in the public. No, that was that sounded so bad. That's not at all what I meant. <laughs> because you're in the public space, like, do you mm. kind of is that a choice to keep your private life private? That was her choice to not be in photos of mine. Basically, she was she's private. She's a very private person, uh, a very introverted person as well, and um. She didn't want to be in any of that stuff, and I was respected that. I just respect that, you know. I love that. She'll, but interestingly, uh, you can tell her that people are Googling her like crazy to find <laughs> out who she is. Well, people can find her fashion label on Instagram. It's apartment clothing. There's no photos of her on there, but there is clothes that she designs. So you can buy those if you like. I'm going to go on straight after we finish this. Okay, the other one that comes up is Cameron James Australia. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. But also because there's a Cameron James who's an actor in the US. Yeah, there's a few Cameron Jameses out there. Do you know what the other one is? Is that going to come up? Well, the thing is, the, re- the uh, it brings me to my next one, which is Cameron James actor, mm. but then you click on it and it's not you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> fair enough. And fair so enough. I think it's too. an older guy, but I feel like he's Cameron James Francis or something. It's like he's, but I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, but he probably doesn't know who I am, so that's okay. <laughs> but do you know there's there's another cam- f- uh, ca- very famous Cameron James that I will often accidentally get tagged in, and that is um, the character that Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays in the movie Ten Things I Hate About You. His full His- name is Cameron James? His name's Cameron James because I constantly get accidentally tagged in just photos of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and stuff on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And I'm always like, what the hell is going on here? And then I just, you know, eventually was like, oh, I guess that's their character's name. And people are still posting photos and memes about Joseph Gordon-Levitt and amazing about you. (laughs) There are so many good quotes from that movie that I could just rattle off. I know the entire ending by heart. The entire thing, the whole monologue, the things that she does. I hate the way you talk to me. The way Uh, I know the whole thing. Oh, that that would would make sense for the next thing that comes up when you just type your name in. Uh huh. Cameron James, 10 things. Yeah. Well, those are the 10 things. (laughs) I promise people are actually searching for you though, because the next two are Cameron James, Sydney, and Cameron James, Brisbane, which means that they're Mm. searching where your shows are. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for searching for it. You know what? Brisbane, you could search a little harder. That would be my my one thing I would say is every time I come to Brisbane, I do shows in Brisbane and then I leave and then I get people on Instagram saying, when are you coming to Brisbane? And I'm like, I was just there. I was oh, they're literally low key, just mate. there. They're chill. <laughs> I was there. You know what I mean? They just live a little different pace up there, you know? They live a week or two behind, it right? seems. Right. Uh, dude, I lived up there for nine months and I did, I got my P's really late, by the way, like super duper late. I got mm-hmm. it when I was 30. So right. I was like seven years ago. Yeah, thanks. Um, But when I had to, I had to, what was I doing? Oh, I was redoing a license to get a Brisbane license because I thought, yeah, I'm moving to Brisbane. I'm going to love it up here. And they, I saw a girl next to me doing her L's on written paper (laughs) with a pencil that's crazy and i was like i'm sorry where am i what yeah that's what universe is this that is old school yeah i'm there september 9 and 10 doing um doing a show with becky lucas at good chat comedy club how awesome and and then in two weeks i'll have people from brisbane asking when when are you doing your show at good yeah. chat comedy club no that'll be in a month because it's yeah. it goes in two weeks so then they'll yeah. be like, two weeks later they'll be like hey yeah are you coming up like, like i was just there i was literally <laughs> just there <laughs> you need to just put it on instagram like seven times for the brisbane people you know what you should do you should do a sponsored post for brisbane and like send it out to them that's smart i should do that i know could why am I not your EA? I know. The final one that comes up, and you will be very happy with this, or maybe not. I don't know. Mm. Cameron James Comedian Wiki. Wiki. Yeah, I don't have a wiki page, I don't think. Um, they should make one for me. Someone should. Is it not normal people making it? Is that Yeah, not- some normal person should make it for me. I.e. 
am I not picking up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I don't want to make one for myself. That would be if anyone else wants to make one, I'd appreciate it. That's oh, all I'm I love say. that. That's all you're gonna say. I love it. Well, they're they are searching for your wiki and it is comedian and it is you. So yep. we know that they're they're searching for you. So somebody better get yep. on that. Somebody better get on that. <laughs> I've kept you for so long. So I have one final question. Please, yeah. Being that theatre band ADD kid, what advice do you have for that kid knowing what you know now and what you've done? Hmm. I mean, I, I'm i a big believer in letting yourself fail and being okay with failing at things when you're younger, you know, like not taking it so hard. I think if you have a lot of things you want to try creatively or in your life, you should try them. And if you're bad at them, that doesn't matter. Just move on and or keep trying different things. I know I'm saying this from experience because I've tried and failed at a lot of different things and then eventually found the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, which is comedy. Um, and I think everyone else should try and fail at a lot of different stuff as well. There's nothing wrong with failing. In fact, all the greats fail at some point. So that would be my advice. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thanks for having me. I loved it. I loved it. We covered a lot of ground. We did. <laughs> we did have a few uh, little. Yeah. That was me tracks. moving my hand. Little sidetracks. Because you know what? Sidetracks are so much fun. Oh, I do have one last question, actually. Yeah. Since we were speaking about ice cream before, mm. how do you eat a Magnum? Uh, okay. Look, I'm traditional when it comes to how I eat my ice cream. I eat it the way that the creator or the technical director intended, which is um, <clears throat> to just crunch right into it. I'll eat, I'll eat everything in one bite with a Magnum, the chocolate, the caramel, the ice cream. I don't eat the, I don't eat the chocolate off first. Is that what you do? Yeah, I'm a monster. Oh, that's like gross to watch, to watch someone just uh, gnawing around it like a squirrel. And then I imagine you lick the caramel off. Oh, you're talking about a Magnum Ego, which, by the way, is superior Magnum. Uh, but it, it, they're now a Magnum Ego double caramel. Oh, man. we got, man. I got to get one. I got to get one. <laughs> I'm both going to get ice cream <laughs> This episode has been sponsored just by ice cream in general, just any ice cream. <laughs> if we've made you hungry, you yeah. all of the streets, everyone can thank us later. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been a ball. Thanks for having me. I've had a great time. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the Entertainment underscore Hotline Pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.